Well, I want to thank everybody, both here on Patreon, who are with us live, as well as people who will be watching later. I'm deeply grateful for your partnership um, and for your subscription and uh, for joining this important conversation. Su Susan and I just got off of our second cup of coffee, and we had a, a discussion about some of her faith journey, the work with the Red Road, as well as um, her thoughts and reflections on the death of Queen Elizabeth. And this is a space where we can kind of ask more in-depth questions and have um, a bit deeper of a dialogue. So we're going to take another 20 to 30 minutes to uh, have a, some more conversation with Susan and with myself. So if anyone is on the call live and you would like to ask a question, I invite you to unmute your mic and uh, ask your question, or you can put your question into the chat. Um, and then once you're done asking your question, if you can mute your mic again, and uh, and then Susan will respond to it, or I'll respond to it, whoever you direct your question to, and we'll go on. If you if no questions are being asked, I will. Um, I have some questions that I will ask uh, Susan, and that will kind of move the conversation further. But uh, thank you everyone for joining today. And uh, anything you want to say, Susan, before we jump into the Q and A. Okay, um, so anyone who has a question, go ahead and uh, feel free to uh, voice your question. Well, Susan, one of the things, and I'll, I'll kind of get something started here. We were talking about this just before we turned on the recording. Um, well, there, there's actually two things I would really like to, to talk about a bit more deeply. Um, the first is, right, anyone who follows you on social media or who knows you knows that you um, devote a lot of time and energy and heart and passion into powwow dancing. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously something that's very important to you. And it's something that you are working hard to even bring your children into and to, and to, to do. Um, and so I'd love to hear a bit more about kind of that journey and, and, and why is that so important to you and, and, and how do you feel that you connect with creator and you connect with Jesus through your dancing? Um, and then I also would like to talk more about kind of interactions on social media. So we can talk about that <laughs> but before we get to that <laughs> subject. I, I'd love to just hear some of your, um, yeah, your dancing. It's beautiful that your regalia is, is incredible. Um, and uh, where, what is your, your motivation for doing that and for investing the time uh, to do that? And how does that uh, fit in with your faith journey? Okay. Okay. Well, I've been dancing since I could walk um, from, I'm told from my parents, um, my mom and dad. Um, native music, our, our music, powwow music is, you know, what they call it. But um, we, I, my mom and dad both sing and they sing our music, um, our songs. So when I was in my mom's womb, my mom, apparently my mom always sang to me as well as my dad. Yeah. And then when I was born, same thing. So whatever it was with them singing to me, it brought something, you know, a love for dancing or a love for the music. Yeah. And so when I was one years old, my, um, my family in South Dakota, hosted like a kind of like a mini powwow 
where my family from Canada came and different family came and they gave me, they made me a fully beaded, like not a cape, like, you know, leggings and moccasins, a fully beaded outfit and for my first birthday. And, and that was so that um, my mom said it was how they honored me. Uh, they had given me a feather because in the Lakota way, um, dancers are not supposed to wear feathers unless you've been given the, the rights to wear them. Like I've gone through ceremony. And so my dad had brought me through that. Um, but so growing up, after leaving South Dakota, my mom brought me home to her tribe. And, and then I had a lot of dysfunction because a lot of the people there had a lot of um, boarding school survivors. And there was, um, you know, my aunties, uncles, cousins, older cousins who were residential school survivors. And so there was a lot of abuse, a lot of dysfunction. And, but the thing that kept me going through that was the powwow because my parent, my grandparents, uh, my uncles and aunties sang, they actually had a drum. Um, They're called the Bullshill Singers. And my grandpa had taught all my aunties how to sing like men. Because back in the day, apparently in the 60s or so, um, women were not allowed to sing. And, and again, that's part of that colonization process. Because if you really look into our native systems, women are so honored. We have so much rights. Like it's amazing how different these two societies are. You look at this society, there's no honor to women. All their swear words have to do with son of a bee, mother effer, this, this, this. And they're all so derogatory towards women. Yet in our culture, women are sacred. We're the life givers. We're the ones who keep everything together. We're, um, you know, we just, women are just awesome. <laughs> Not that y'all ain't. <laughs> but, you know, we've, um, but growing up to that, I remember my grandma bringing me to Palos. My grandparents were really strict. So I, like, my friends could go walk around. But my grandmother would always make me sit and watch all the dancers like I couldn't go run around with friends or anything and um and 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 that was okay like so I went to you know my my family practiced drumming they would practice in the basement and I would be in there dancing away and but as I so as I got older you know because I had gone through sexual abuse physical abuse mental emotional psychological like everything right um, I have wounds, physical wounds, like on my wrist of like, my own life. I have stab wound, a stab wound of someone else trying to take my life. I have wounds of memories of people trying to take my life. You know, there's just so much that would dancing, I would turn on. And I would just, if I was sad, if I was mad, whatever it was, I would just dance it out. And the one that style I like is fancy. Um, the one that, um, that kind of has a more, beaded long top that's yeah. tra- blackfoot traditional it's a, it's a traditional woman's style buckskin woman's style but the one i liked was the fancy dancing because i felt free and i would just like dance until i was totally exhausted in my living room but i remember when i became a believer so this so dancing i feel like kept me alive yeah. um it helped me to keep going like it, it just for some reason it because life wasn't great back then. 
I didn't want to be alive. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to exist because it was just so sad. Like everything was so sad. You look around, it was just despair. And to the point where I asked my mom, there has to be something more than this. And she said, nope, this is it, Susan. This is all we have. And I remember thinking, no, <laughs> like I was just, and I'm an optimist at heart. So could you imagine the devastation? Yeah. Um, but as I, when I became a believer, when I was 20, you know, I still danced up till then. And, uh, but I remember being at a Bible study and I remember um, one of the men at the Bible study telling me, um, Susan, um, you know that dancing is, Paolo dancing is against God and you, you won't be able to do it anymore. And I looked at him and I said, why? And he said, because it's against God. And I, and I, I was like, how? And in being a new believer, obviously I wanted to do everything I could to please our Lord because he's just awesome, right? Um, so when I left there, I was devastated. Like my heart, everything inside me ached because yeah. up till this point, this is the only thing that kept me alive. Then I started walking I was, and I said, okay, I said, I'm willing to give up anything. If you say give it up, so be it. But you need to tell me why. You need to explain to me why I need to give up something that has given me, that has kept me alive all this time. So if you could just show me, that'll be great. And um, so all week I kept looking for signs and nothing and whatever. And I go to Bible study the next weekend or the next week. And the man who was there, his name is Peter. And uh, he said, hey, Susan, last week, Jacob said that you weren't allowed to dance power anymore. He says, what, what, what is in it? Like, what do you guys do? I said, we dance, we eat, we sing, we visit, dance, eat, sing, and repeat. <laughs> and uh, he just, and he's like, so do you guys like, is there nudity? And I was like, no, we're like so covered, like from top to bottom. And uh, he's like, well, is there alcohol, drugs? Like, and I said, no, we're not allowed to do that at least you're not supposed to like i yeah. was raised that when you put your outfit on when you're singing or when you're doing anything of that nature that nothing should be inside you like um alcohol has been like a contamination for um sorry about that um but it, it is just really um anyways sorry the phone kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway so He's, so he's asking me questions. And so I, you know, I was explaining the powwow. And then he said, uh, he said, so I've been looking in the Bible and I was trying to find all week asking God, like, cause it didn't sit right with my spirit when Jacob said that. Yeah. And, and, and Peter's a scholar. He studies the Bible, like nobody's business. He's like from Russia. And he said, uh, I, the verse I came across was, when um you know the prodigal son like when that david danced before the lord yeah you know he danced before the lord naked he said that should have been abomination <laughs> but he danced before the lord naked and then he said that when the prodigal son when his father saw his son come home he saw him in a distance he told his servant prepare a calf my son has come home and that night they sing and they dance so there wasn't anything that was wrong with dancing. And he says, I don't see, like, are you, are you conspiring some spirits up? 
I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what other people do, but for me, no, that's not the way how I was raised. Like I was raised quite, you know, in a traditional setting, um, never heard the name of Jesus. And I'm thankful for that actually, because dude, there's so many, I, I didn't realize how divided Christianity was until I became a believer. Yeah. I mean, you have people who are Baptists, um, Pentecostal, all these different things. And I'm like, if you're a believer, you should be just a believer. Like why make yourself more, you know, you should be already more with him than you, but you just become more with him. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, there's just so much stuff with the, you know, with believers, I feel like they don't understand native peoples. Yeah. They don't understand what we believe and how we see life. Like they think we worship trees and birds and creation and all that stuff. But they don't understand. We have deep respect for it. You know, we have a deep understanding of what is here because without it, we can't live. Yeah. None, no, no, no one here can live without anything that, all these things that God has placed before us. You know, this money that they keep building and disrupting this and that because money seems to make this world go round or whatever, but it doesn't because yeah. your money goes outside. You're not going to be able to breathe, you know? Um there's so much focus on things here. Like I, my focus is native people. Yeah. My focus is native people. I'd like them to meet the real Jesus, you know, like yeah. my dad, um, my dad was, is Lakota. And um, I used to be so scared to talk to him about Jesus because I knew he didn't like Christianity. He hated it. He, uh, at his funeral, he didn't want, anything at, at Christianity there. And I didn't understand. I didn't understand why. And it wasn't until my last conversation with him, we were at his house and we had been doing some work because he had a fire and stuff. And all these believers from Tennessee came to his home to help fix it. And my dad had said he would never allow a white person into his home. And, and more more than that a christian at that in his home a white christian and uh, we were sitting outside his house and these people were working on his house do you see them and he was looking at them he says what about them and they said they're white <laughs> and he's looking at them and he starts laughing and he said he says yeah he says they are and i said and they're christians and he started laughing to himself. And I usually don't have bravery like that. But I looked at him and I said, um, can I ask you a question? I said, have, have you ever asked him into your heart? And everything I could to ask him that question, because I was, you know, I didn't want to, I was still getting to know him. And he said, uh, he said, I did. He says, I know him as Winikia. And uh, he says, I... I met him when I was a little boy. He says, I don't know, maybe six, seven. He says, maybe eight. He says, I was a little boy. He says, but the, his people are not good. He says, they did a lot of hurt. And he just put his head down. And I knew from his head that how he, like I felt it. Yeah. And so when he passed away, I didn't want any priests or anything at his funeral. 
Um, there ended up being one. I did ask for a pastor because yeah. I, I do feel like there's some believers that understand who, who we are, that we're not these heathens and, you know, that they've been labeling us as because we're spirit beings. Like that's the part that I just, I don't know how to reiterate that to people. Like if you understand that you're a spirit, your body is a shell and you are a spirit and you have so much freedom in him. You're only limited right now in your body, but that's where you could learn. You know, it gives you a chance to be humble and learn because can you imagine your spirit you go everywhere? You, you kind of have some, <laughs> you know, but as a human, you're, you're limited. Yeah. And I think really important thing because that's one of the things I see on the powwow trail is I see a lot of people who have humility and who have kindness and family and they take care of each other. Like when I go there with my girls, like I'm not there with my husband or just a couple of my children. And I have friends there who like watch out for us. And it's a really beautiful place to, you know, to be. And, you know, I, I have a pet peeve, like with native Christians, I don't like it when they take our traditional songs and then they say, they add Jesus to it and say, okay, I sanctified it. I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, stop doing that. Honor us as we are, as we, we're, 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 we're so old, you know, like our people are so old. Like how many people here can have memories of them coming across on that boat? I mean, my people don't have that memory. That's how long we've been here. You know, however long that he brought us here. Yeah. And I, and I, I know that the Bible says this and that, and people say, well, does it say in scripture? Well, when you look in Genesis, how many of the sisters do you hear about Cain and Abel? How many times have you heard about them that they had to sleep with their sisters to, to create the human race? How many, how, how often did you quote that? You didn't, you know, like you can't just pick what you want from the Bible and, you know, like just to prove, just, just to prove your points and prove what you believe Yeah. because it's really, to me, it's, it's an instructional book. It's a book that shows me that every great person in there was flawed. Every person, there's nobody in there that wasn't flawed. They all struggled with stuff. So that shows me that God is, he, he uses us. And, but one of the things like the best gift I think he's given us is free will because who wants someone to love them because they're scared of them or because they have to. I don't love him because I have to. I don't love him because I'm supposed to. I love him because I've never met anything like it. Yeah. My, my spirit is like so filled. And who I am as a Mississippi, as a Native woman, I, I am complete. I feel complete. I feel full in who I am. Yeah. I wasn't before. And that was when they were trying to take away my culture and take away who I am. And I can't allow that. I can't allow people to, because it's my, my testimony, right? Yeah. Like the things that he showed me, like people used to say, like some of the lies that they say, he doesn't, they told me, God didn't hear you before you became a believer. 
he never heard the words you said because there was a void because you didn't ask Jesus in your heart. I was like, dang, what kind of God you got? You know? <laughs> yeah. I am. I really appreciate you sharing about that part of your journey. Um, I want to stop for just a moment and see if anyone else has a question that they want to follow up with uh, for Susan. Um, before we keep going, I know I don't want to keep you too late, Susan. I know you. We had scheduled to go to about for about an hour and a half, and we've been for the whole thing. So I don't want to keep you too late. Um, but uh, does anyone else have a question they wanted to raise? I um I'm hesitant to go down the social media route. <laughs> It's <laughs> kind of going a whole different kind of thing. And I felt like what you were sharing about how you're you're dancing, um, how that literally was something that saved your life and mm -hmm. how it was something that has continued to bless you and to draw you closer to creator. Um, those are such beautiful thoughts and the ways that you were sharing that I kind of don't want to go down a second path right now. Um, just to to bring up uh, to go that route so I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it right there where it's at um, and I deeply appreciate your willingness to share your story I deeply appreciate the leadership that you provide um, and the example that you and Charles work so hard to set um, thank you for not giving up your dancing. Thank you for <laughs> remaining true to who you are. I think so often the missionaries said things like what that man said because they didn't understand and they were afraid. Mm -hmm. um, and they were afraid of what they didn't understand. And that is yeah. no reason at all. Um, that thing, I remember I was, I was in a teaching in a seminary and I was talking with the students about contextualizing worship. Like, what do you, how do you see the culture being brought in? And have you ever been to a service where it was contextualized for the culture or for the people in the service? And it was mostly white Americans in the, in the, in the class. And one person who was overseas raised his hand and said, I've been to a service overseas. Another one who was from um, uh, uh, Africa, I think, raised his hand and said, I've seen it happen there. No one else raised their hand. And I said, well, how about the rest of you? Have you ever been to a contextual service? And they said, no, we, we just go to church here in the U.S. I said, well, do you go to a synagogue? Do you worship in Hebrew? They said, no, three-point sermon, um, English hymns. I said, guess what? <laughs> Your service is highly contextual. Right? That's not how Jesus did it you've adapted mm -hmm. it you've changed it, the fact that you worship on sunday instead of saturday the fact that you have a sermon with a you elevate the power all these things are contextual these are ways that you mm -hmm. made this more relevant to your culture and so if you don't understand that that's one of the reasons you're so afraid to let other people contextualize because you're like well you, you think that your way is the normal way or the right way and everyone else is wrong and that's not true at all. And so your right. example, Susan, of pressing forward with the dance, of continuing to use these things and to pass that on to your children 
is an amazing legacy. It, it, and, and the thing is, is that a lot of the history that they have on us is wrong. Yeah. I mean, like, seriously, okay, I, I, I always hear this. You probably hear this too, that we were, before they all came here, we were all fighting each other and scrapping it out. Okay, before 1600, we didn't have horses. So what did we do? Ride our dogs 100 miles, go fight, kill our dead, and then drag them home? Like, come on, we had more, but we survived a lot longer than that. There's a lot more, like, I, I feel like, I don't know if people, like, understand. Like, there's just, you, you should spend time with a Native person. Like, yeah. there's just, for anybody, for a believer to, to sit time, the way how we think is a lot different. At least the way how I think. I feel like, um, I feel like he's expanded it. Mm -hmm. um, because as believers, you know, we tend to put things where we're comfortable with. And, and for me, the easy road would have been to let my culture go and just follow this church, Bible study, worship songs. And just do that. Because I did that. Um, but I wasn't content. Yeah. I wasn't, I, I, I had a void and I couldn't figure out what it was. And so then he brought, he's the one who brought me back to our ceremonies. Like he's the one, who, like we have a ceremony, it's called Akugasen, um at my tribe. Um, it's Blackfoot, it's called Big Camp. It's where all the tribes come together. The Blackfoot tribe comes together and they pray. Yeah. And when we w went there 18 years ago, I remember saying like, I was just, you know, in the background doing stuff, helping with whatever. I didn't want to be a part of anything. And uh, we had a relative of ours who was going through some stuff in life. And so she called us and was telling us about it. And so, and it was like with addiction. So we called for her. We said, okay, we'll pray. And we'll ask God if he could provide a ticket for you and your two girls. Because we were like, you know, <laughs> only he could provide that. And he did. He provided, they caught the bus and they came here and they spent three months here. And, uh, and then we brought them home and her parents approached Charles and I, when we got to the ceremony place and they said, um, we want to thank you for what you did for our girl. And so we want to invite you to join the Ganetsuma Digs. And, um, it's called, it's called the Brave Dog Society, but it's one of the societies in the, the whole ceremony place. And, um, yeah. And, and for me, I was like, okay. I said, well, Charles will be happy to join, but me, I'm good. And they looked at <laughs> they looked at me and they said, uh, no, he, you have to be his partner. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna have to pray about that. <laughs> and then and, and they were like, okay. <laughs> but I laughed because I was nervous about making a mistake, yeah. you know, at that time. And so I went and I talked to God and I was like, so what's your thoughts? I was like, did you bring me here or did I bring me here? Like, what, what's going on here? And as the day went through, he just kept showing different signs of like, it's okay, Susan. And so I finally went to them and said, okay. I said, we accept and, you know, we'll join. And then we, and we ended up joining and, the, and it's been 18 years now. And a lot of people there have seen us as believers, knew we were believers. Um, you get ostracized by that. And um, when you're a native and a Christian and a native, because they don't want you to come and keep changing them like the rest. Like, yeah. 
it's tiring. It's so exhausting. It's trying to like change a circle into a square. It's not going to happen if you, unless you're putty. And so I, um, I've noticed that as I have walked into both our native world and I say the Christian world, for me in my home, they're together. Yeah. So my children, they don't think of like, oh, I'm native and I'm Christian. No, I'm just a native who loves Jesus. Yeah. You know, or Wanikia, you know, and I was told Wanikia from one of my Lakota um, elders told me that Wanikia means that whatever he touches, whatever it touches comes alive. Can you imagine that? I mean, just, he's so amazing. But, well, thank you, Susan. <laughs> Harold, do you have a question? Yeah, well, I, I don't have a question, but I do have a comment, I think. Um, I've been fascinated with your story, Susan. Um, and I was wondering if you were familiar with Richard Twist. He was Lakota. I am. Yeah. We're from okay. the same tribe. Oh, okay. Well, yes. anyway, he, of course, he was um, uh, two or three things that I remember about him. First of all, as he said, that uh, the Europeans came and they thought they were bringing God to us, but God was already here. And the other thing was that uh, he... Um, uh, well, he he said you can be Indian and Christian. You know, you didn't have to change. Uh, when I first met Richard Twist, I had heard him. Uh, he and another Christian ministry, uh, Native Christian ministry, and I asked him. Um, I, I told my story that I was a Christian and I, I'm an urban Christian. I, I left the reservation when I was a child, and um, I said. I wanted to know what 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 was does someone like me do in a, in a, this world, and um, and the only one that responded was Richard. The other one was a Christian who followed said we had to get rid of our Indian ways in order to be a Christian. So that that always surprised me. But uh, Richard responded to me, and and so we became a, a, a we worked together on some things, but. Um, Anyway, I, I just wanted to mention that and, and, and Susan's story about uh, uh, her mother wanting to leave or somebody wanting to leave the reservation because there was more. To, well, that's what my mother thought. That's why we left the reservation. And in fact, she had been a um, boarding school uh, survivor, but, but she it gave her a view of what was happening in the outside world. And she, she really wanted me to do it. That's why she didn't teach me the Apache language. But anyway, that's what I wanted to say. Harold, thank you so much for, for adding that in. Um, I think Susan lost her connection somewhere in the middle of that. I'm not sure she dropped off of the call and yeah. she may come right back on, but you are right. Richard Twist was so instrumental in opening that door for so many people. And I appreciate you uh, bringing up his legacy and sharing a, a bit of your story here. Okay, go ahead and ask your question, Harold. Uh, Susan, uh, I, I would, was wondering where your uh, first name came from. Uh, it, it's my understanding that uh, Sue is not a preferred Lakota name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
No, it's not. No, it's not. My um, so I have my mother to thank for that. So <laughs> my 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 dad, um, he would name his children after different members of his family. And so I was named after my grandparents, two grandmothers, which was Susan and well, her name was Susie. <laughs> Which I'm very glad for that Susan, but Susie and Josephine. And my mom didn't want to name me Susan. She said that the name was boring and she didn't like it. And so there at the time they had the name S-I-O-U-X-S-A-N. So my mom would just, she, she, she spelt it her way to spell it like that. And then as I got older, I was like, mom, I don't think that it's, you know, um, appropriate for me to have my name as Sue because it means enemy or snake or whatever. She says, well, don't forget, don't, don't worry about the snake part, but the enemy, you're the enemy of those who tried to colonize us. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's how I word my name. Okay. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so I have my mother to thank for that and, and my dad, but my mom, the spelling okay. for my mom. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, Susan, thank you so much for taking time to join this call today um, and for uh, engaging in this deeper dialogue here on Patreon. It's been an honor to have you here. I'd love to have you back at some point to talk more about these things. We can maybe talk about some of the social media stuff. But uh, for now, thank you. And I will say hakonet, which in Navajo doesn't mean goodbye. It means see you later. Oh, and so. ours is Gedimetsun. Gedimetsun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thank Gedimetsun. you so much, Susan. I'll go okay. ahead and stop the recording again, and we can stay on for a second. Okay.